Lord Damon, uh, you go up. Now, that story, start to finish, start at the beginning and tell that story. Okay. Is ready? Yeah. I remember one time when I was a boy, a young man. I went over in Eastern part of Arkansas to work. And uh, my uncle lived over there. And what was his name? His name, my uncle Bob Moore, he, he lived there at Manila. Manila, Arkansas. That's in Mississippi County. And uh, we went over there to pick on working the timber mostly, is what our job was, working in the timber. But one Sunday morning, anyway, it was a bunch of us went down to some friends, worked down on the river. And uh, we got down there, and, and uh, there was uh, an old man there had been having trouble with another man, and uh, he was about half shot. He'd had uh, maybe a quarter or two too much to drink, <laughs> and more or less, you know. And uh, he was around and a fussing. He'd been down the river there and had met another old man down there, and they'd got in trouble. And uh, and they evidently this other fellow had given him a licking. And he come up. He was up there at the camp and uh, get his gun. It's going to go down there and kill him. And. Uh, he went out to where he was boarding at the camp there and got an old thing of our shotgun and started down the, uh, up the river where the, he left this fella. And uh, one of the boys went out there and just took the gun away from him. And he cussed and he reared and he fussed and finally he said, well, I've got another gun at the house. I'll get it. And he went back to the house and got another gun and started down the, uh, up the river there. And I told the boys to let him alone. I says, he's not aimed to go. He's just a blowing. He don't know what. Well, actually, he don't know what he's doing, but I don't think he'll go up there where he's at at all. I said, let him alone. Just let him go. So they let him alone that time, and uh, he started up the river, and got about 20 feet, and he stopped. Turned around, and he says, Boy, somebody come and go with me. says, and see me kill him, and swear what I done it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I didn't miss any of us kidding thing about seeing him kill him, but uh, he'd better just go on and kill him by himself. <laughs> and he kept begging and hollering and squalling to somebody to come and go with him. And, and we looked down up the river there, this path went up the river. And we seen this old man coming. He was bare-headed and white-headed. He was an old white-headed man. And uh, he come walking on down right slow. And uh, 
this fellow says, uh, commits a curse on him and says, yes, sir, you know what you've done. He says, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to kill you right where you're standing. But he wouldn't shoot. He just stood there with a gun in his hand and cursing him. But the old man, he just kept walking along right slow. And he come right on down to this feller. And uh, we said he wasn't going to shoot. And uh, one of the boys took the gun. And uh, he, this old fellow walked up to him. And he uh, picked up a pole about as big as my leg and about six feet long. And it was rotten, just barely was standing together till he could pick it up. And he hit him on the head with it and broke it in two. He landed away and hit him on top of the head with this pole and... Uh, and got back and struck again, and as the old man fell, he just hit his shoulders. And the old man just fell there like he's dead and was bleeding pretty bad. And I didn't know what he had killed him, but they all went away and left him laying there. And he told her he's got able to talk. He says, you fellas just let me alone. He says, I've been this way before. And he says, I know when to get up. And uh, so after a while, he got up about halfway up on his knees. And, and he finally got up, though, and... Uh, who was standing around there, and uh, his boss, fellow he'd been working for, come about that time and uh, and got him and took him off. And they said that this old fellow had traded his wife to this boss for an ox wagon. Uh, some oxen and a wagon, log wagon. So, they seemed like that part of the country wasn't any better than it was around Biggers. Somehow they was kind of rough down in there, them days. What year was that? It must have been about, uh, it must have been about, uh, Let's see. Nineteen and five. I guess it was about nineteen and five. Grandpa, remember, remember that time you was running up in the uh, with big cups. We went up to the lake one Sunday morning to fish. There you go. Well, there ain't much to that. Story? Well, a story. There ain't much to that. Anyway, we went up there and fish, and, and they, uh, we all, they got their boats, and we had a week, finally there was one left there for me and Owen. And uh, an old shotgun, 
we had an old shotgun, and uh, a gig, sorry to read. And we started out, and the water was where we was going, was about a couple of feet deep, three feet maybe, and the weed's growing in the bottom of it. It's covered, bottom of the lake. It's covered with weed. And we're looking for buffalo. Oh, it was about that long and about that big to the back. And I thought there's an old rotten chunk laying in the weed sack. Wasn't looking for nothing like that to me. And we drove, we went right on past it. And I got thinking, Bob Gordon, I'm going to go to looking for something like that. We didn't go much further till there was another. And I looked at it good. Oh, George, that's a fish. I'll allow my gig into it and waffled with it. Finally got it in the boat. And we, we got about six or seven of them, and uh, we finally got about uh, five miles from shore, I guess, something like that, but anyway, there was some white the houseboats where we went in, and we just kept them in sight so we wouldn't get lost, you know. And the wind got up again us, and we decided we'd better try to get back. And we went to, to uh, run to get back, and there were some fellas duck hunting. And there were some ducks flew out between us and them. And by the time they got in with us, well, they shot two or three times. And the shot on each side of the boat around it just cut through the water. <laughs> but they didn't dare hit the boat. We finally made it back, though. We just give up when we got back. And they laughed at us and said they wasn't no good. They wasn't caught. So what? I don't know if anybody else went with us involved here or not. Maybe not. But anyway, we went to... He was up near, up towards the Missouri, close to the Missouri line up there. And Walter Pistol uh, was there with his dog. And we went out hunting that morning. And uh, we walked till the wind uh, evening. And uh, we got separated. Me and uh, Walter was together, and uh, John, Tom, and Heber was, and Felix, he was there too. All the way from us, and um, we heard the dog running. And he come down pretty close by us and went right on. 
I said, I guess that dog's on the track of a turkey. Well, the dog went on past us about a quarter, or half a quarter, I guess, and uh, on a kind of a glade and uh, stopped. He couldn't go any further. I said, that was a turkey, all right, boys, and I says, it flew right here. And uh, we was just standing there wondering what to do. And I said, now, let's uh, figure the lay of the country now and see about the way that turkey ought to went. Anyway, in the meantime, I have uh, I, uh, seen some big trees down below me there. And I just walked off down there towards some trees. Got down there pretty close to them trees, and I seen this turkey sitting way up in the, in this one of these trees. I pulled down on it and killed it. Well, there was no doubt. Well, what did miss me? How about the time you shot the tree? Well, I might do this. Oh. <laughs> I took this duck in and saw it down, and it got pretty late in the evening, and we was going home. And one of the boys, two of them, said, There they go, there they go. They'd gone up to roost, a bunch of turkeys. I looked, and I never seen it one. I didn't see a sign of a turkey. But they seen them, and I don't know why I couldn't see them. Anyway, we went the way the turkeys went to see if we could find them. It's bad thicket, off the thick town bush. Where they went, and we was going through that, and an old field out on the other side of it. And just as we got almost to this old field, well, that dog found one. And it made a run to get to the open so it could fly, and the dog right after it, and he caught it before it could get off the ground. Good dog. Yeah, and we went on, going home, and he had a, a leech on the dog. Me and him was together, and the other boys was way ahead of us somewhere. And the dog commenced smelling and uh, uh, pulling away from him. I'm trying to go. I said, pull that, take that rope off of that dog. I said, he smells turkey right here. He took the rope off, and the dog just went as hard as he could go right on the trail of a turkey. We went after him hard as he could go. Gotten about 102 yards, 150 yards, I guess. of a big tree, and there was a big nice big gobbler flew out of the tree. He's gone up in, the, up in this tree. Went flying off. I, I had a load of uh, small shot in the barrel, and the next one in the magazine was uh, BB, or not BB, but... Uh, Buckshot. Big buckshot. And I pulled down on it because it flew through an opening and, uh, and I didn't, as far as I know, I didn't touch it. 
Um, uh, I waited and got behind and would come to another. That <coughs> number two Navy rifle I used to have. Boy, I wish I had that gun. I was on one day and while I ain't, I run across him and he was looking at the gun and talking about, uh, doing, about uh, if it shot good and I told him yes, I could shoot pretty good with that gun. So uh, I thought I'd show him about what to do, you know, and there's a little pine tree about the size of my arm right there. Uh, down there, and I placed a little place on the side of it, on the front of it. He went back, remember where he was, and I raised up and shot, and I hit this little place, this skip blaze place I cut with a knife, and uh, I took my knife and bored in uh, to open the hole up and see how deep the bullet went into the tree, you see. And I seen it went about halfway through. I went on, was on the other side and I bored a hole with my knife in, to, in the other side till I could see the bullet on the other side. I went back up there. I said, you think I can knock that bullet out of there? Oh, he said, I don't know. He said, that'd be awful good of you. Well, I loaded my gun again, raised up, took a good bead right in that place, and pulled the trigger. Went down there, and the bullet was gone. I just hit that bullet and knocked it right out. I was Manella, and there's a shooting gallery there. Used 22s at uh, different kinds of targets, you know. And, uh, paid a dime for three shots. And, uh, they put up a prize one evening, one day there, that the one that was going to give a dollar for the one that made the best score that day. So well on in the evening, I was there at the shooting gallery, and there was a boy walked up there, and he says, I believe I'll take uh, uh, three shots at a scorecard. They had scorecards uh, about four inches square, you know, with rings. Different and then this little black spot in the middle. So the kid, he took the gun and he shot and he didn't do, make a very good score that time. And he asked me if I'd shoot for him the next time. Well, I said, I can if you want me to. So I took the gun and pulled down at it and I just hit the black right in the middle there. My goodness, he said, if you can do like that, I'd rough you take the next shot for me. Oh, I said, okay, if you want me to. So I pumped another shell, shell in and cracked down on it and just hit the in the black, but just cut a little edge that you could see that I did hit it, you know. So I decided I'd take a little.